brought to you almost live from the dude in the basement studios. Why? Because that's where the good stuff is. It sips, suds, and smokes with your smoking host, the good old boys. Suds, suds, it's time for more suds. Oh, it is most definitely time for more suds here on Sip, Suds, and Smokes. This is where good beer meets bad radio. Uh, Joining me here at the table is good old boy Dave. I can't breathe in this thing. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> were you like taking a nap is that what that was i was having some me time ah i see with heavy breathing <laughs> well you have your me time the way you want and i'll have my me this time is, the way this I is want. one of those times i'm glad this is a radio show i don't want the visual image of any of this whatsoever it's <laughs> <laughs> a great intro yeah, yeah. also yes. joining me is good old boy tim <laughs> Always a pleasure to be here. It's interesting that he is translating some of this into your introduction now. So I have no theme music when I, I'm introduced, other than don't come at me, don't come at me. <laughs> I am I am honored. Uh, also joining us is good old boy Kendall. It's always a pleasure to be here, and I am really excited about today. And we lost another 20 followers of Kendall's blog <laughs> as we speak. <laughs> and uh, she slid around and we've promoted her into being a co-host here at the table is good old gal, Juliana. Hey, folks. <laughs> oh. <laughs> the voice of death. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. Well, Today's show is a brewery takeover of Frem Family Brewers in Hood River, Oregon. Before we get started, though, this suds this sud segment is brought to you by the Clear Beer Consortium. Hazy beer? We say it's lazy beer. That's right, brewers. We're here, we're clear, and we can see right through what you're doing. Actually, we can't. And that's the problem. You might think it's okay to serve an IPA that looks like a bowl of oatmeal, but why should we settle when you won't let your yeast settle? Beer drinkers of the world, it's time to stand up and say, don't haze me, bro. Don't haze me, bro. (laughs) Don't haze me, bro. Okay, let's not ever do that again. Uh, All right. I won't ever do that again. No, 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 go past this. Pass this part. In fact, never play this again. For sure. Good old boy, Dave, why don't you make your very best attempt at reading all of this paragraph and tell us about the Frem Family Reserve. I never learned to read. <clears throat> Here we go from their website. I'm Do things Betty. happen for a reason? <laughs> Josh Frem had been on this career path his entire adult life, soaking up brewing knowledge, devouring literature. Guy eats books. That's weird. Concocting experimental varietals in his shed. Varietals of what? 
biking across Belgium, professionally brewing and knocking on the doors and picking the brains of some of the greatest brewers in the world. It was a seemingly random introduction at a child's birthday party in 2011, however, that allowed Josh, Ken Whiteman, and Rudy Kellner to form the Brain Trust. See, that's what happens. He was picking all those brains, then he had enough. He made a brain trust. That would eventually lead to the launch and rapid growth of Frim Family Brewers. They shared a deep love of family, the Columbia River Gorge, and of course, great beer. But more importantly, each brought his own unique skill set to the table, creating the means and vision to not only make great beer, but to operate a great business. A year and a half and a thousands of hours of hard work later, in August 2012, Frame Family Brewers opened its doors for the first time, and the three founders realized the beginning of their unique dream. If things do happen for a reason, then what better reason than to champion family, community, and create one of the world's best premium craft beers to be enjoyed by all who love them. We can't think of one. Okay. He made it. The In your way. face. In your face. Well, I think he... Don't come at me. Don't come at me. Yeah, I think you rehearsed quite a bit. So Yeah, you got through the whole thing. Uh, just just very, fine. G- very good boy, Dave. Mm-hmm. Good work with the words. Tim, uh, will you... you with some knowledge. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. Tim, uh, why don't you tell us uh, what's in today's lineup from Frem? Yeah, the uh, Frim family beers that we'll be tasting and discussing today are their Rum Barrel-Aged Porter, their Oud Creek, their Sherry sherry Barrel-Aged Trapel, a Flanders-Style Red, and a Flanders-Style Blonde Ale. Yeah, a really great flight that we have to go through uh, today, and we're going to get to talk about all these beers. Here she is, folks. She rarely does our suds ratings and here she is juliana is going to read our suds ratings today now i have challenged her with a few (laughs) characters that she can channel you know to go through our suds ratings for today you can either choose a stoner or you can choose the mother of a stoner to uh talk about our suds ratings that we're going to be using in today's episode or someone annoyed at mike <laughs> or your crackliest Wait, voice aren't possible. those just the same people <laughs> i think they might be okay number one <clears throat> that sucks give me anything but a water hash <laughs> not bad number two was that a vaporizer that just exploded in your pocket? <laughs> Number three. Ah, what a beautiful tulip you made out of that pack of zigzags. That's real life. Yeah. <laughs> That's a little too close to home. Number four. A body should really not make that sound if you don't have enough water. And number five, listen to that Marley record. Give me another drag. Ooh, well. Oh, wow. Nice. Super slow clap. Wow. <laughs> Excellent, man. Very nice. Yeah, bro. You just got Pelosi'd. Yeah. Thanks. 
Yes, but I did it in a very respectful way. You know, I used the full hand extension as I was. That was very nice of you. I gave you a 7.5 for that. Well, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, we have some great beer to go through uh, today. So uh, let's get right to it. Uh, We have some interesting beer that we're going to be going through. We're going to start right off with the Flanders Blonde. Uh, I'm going to read the description of each one of these. We have some interesting notes in front of us about uh, both the ingredients and the food pairing. So thank you for making all of this information available about your products from Frem. I, I, we don't always get uh, these glowing um, uh, set of information with beers that we talk about here on Suds. Every batch of Frem Flanders Blonde spends 18 months in an oak barrel where it inherits the flavors and the aromas of the Pinot Noir that was once aged in the very same cask, now overflowing with notes of green apple, hints of lemon zest, and a spritzy finish. This ale is definitely ready for a glass on its very own. ABV on this is 7.1. It has a whopping 9 IBUs. What do you guys think of the Flanders Blonde here? I loved it. Um... You know, it's a really interesting interpretation of a lot of different kinds of beer. There's there's no such thing as a Flanders Blonde, but they've come up with one. It's It's got characteristics of, I mean, kind of a, a wit, kind of a blonde, a Belgian blonde with all those wonderful estuary fruity notes. But it's got a little bit of tartness, a little bit of crispness on the end. And coming out of the barrels, you know, you get that, that wine-like flavors. And to me, it, it's a great intro beer to somebody who claims to love white wine. Yeah, but not a beer drinker. It's like give them this. You definitely give some get a lot of the notes from the wine in this. I like get a little honey, apple, a little citric acid, lemony type uh, bite on it. Yeah, very lemony. Yeah, it was the first reaction we had was uh, Flanders Blonde. Hmm. Uh, Yeah, is that a thing? It's a thing now. It is. Yeah, they made it a thing in Hood River, Oregon. It's a thing. Yeah, it's a uh, pretty good thing. It really works. Uh, The first thing I wrote down was this is an advanced chick beer. (laughs) <laughs> so wow. yeah <laughs> yeah but see you're but, saying but, you're but saying it, that. yeah but it is it's it, okay if a chick says that but you can't no, because <laughs> i know a lot of girls that really enjoy wine and they don't want to make that transition to beer because beer is so substandard if you will to what they drink oh, as a wine so this is a gateway beer for chick this is a oh, gateway beer yeah because this is very whiny beer. But in like the best like way Dave. possible. Kind what? Yeah. Come on! Wow. High five, dude. <laughs> that was a good one. You know what? Um, Whatever. <laughs> I think definitely the one thing that's being picked up here is uh, it's very dry. And considering mm-hmm. uh, these are Pinot Noir barrels, which is not traditionally a very dry uh, wine, uh, I think that was one of the things that I really thought the yeast was kind of bringing around uh, to this. Well, I think we'll talk about. You know, these being labeled as Flanders, you know, to begin with, because it actually strikes me that this is more of a champagne yeast um, than a Flanders style, because there's zero acid uh, off of any of these. My jaw is not clenching at all. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, Maybe the tart characteristic, but I think that that's more the barrel. I really just don't think that's a a bug or, you know, yeast or anything. And that tartness is so gentle. It's just a hint. Just And to me, I get it on the palate. It's on, And and this is uh, more carbonated than the rest. And it's like that just really scrubs your palate. I think it'd be great with some rich foods where it would clean you up with every drink. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, what I liked, I mean, I I thought 
this was probably the most balanced beer of all the ones in the flight. And that's what I liked is every time you drink it, you get a little bit more um, that you didn't taste before. Like first it was really oaky to me. Then I just thought it was very bright. You get a slight tartness. Um, now I think I'm getting a little more Belgian flavors coming out of it. It's this, this might be one of my favorite beers that, we, that we're going to taste today. Well, our Suds rating for Flanders Blonde is going to be a four. And we'll be right back. Hey, welcome back to Sip, Suds, and Smokes. On today's Suds episode, we are going through a flight of beers uh, from Flem. <laughs> I'm sorry, Freem or From. I think it's Frame. No. <laughs> Freem. It could be. It, it is, there would be P-fre- two E's in this if it was Freem. Mm, That's Frem. What about like Greece? Frem. There's a P on there that doesn't need to be, even be there. Well, what's the? Why is the F capitalized if it's his last That's how name? It does it, man. Yeah. That's how so, they do it. Because uh, the P is seems silent. like a power move. It's, it's the P frame. It's the power of P-frame. the small P. I think if you drink all these beers, you can call it whatever you want. <laughs> and I think they we will do they just are fantastic. that. Yeah. You can I call it anything but a Flanders. It's that's I sure. before E unless it's Freem. <laughs> wow. Uh, well, what about beer? B-I-E-R. <laughs> uh, we are going through a flight of beers from Freem. Beer. Freem. We just talked about the Flanders Blonde, and our such rating again for that was four, if you missed that before the break. Uh, that one. Uh, uh, we were talking a little bit about uh, that this is a good gateway beer for maybe people that enjoy white wines, kind of dry, you know, white wines and want to explore kind of getting into uh, beers. This might be a really good, you know, crossover choice, you know, for and, people like that. Especially you pop it up and in front of them, that cork and cage bottle is going to get their attention. They're, they're going to be like, that's a beer. Yeah. Oh, yeah. My. The present, exactly. The presentation alone on it. Well, you know, entice anyone. Yeah. It reminds me a lot of the uh, first time we had the Melange Trois from uh, oh. uh, from uh, Nebraska. You know, yeah. it has yeah. that same kind of wedding beer, you know, kind of, you know, feel about it, doesn't it? Yeah, totally. Uh, of all the food pairings there, uh, what's uh, which one would you uh, pick as your choice there? Just There's, the oily, buttery fish? Uh, that is the sautéed monkfish that Indeed. they listed there. That is the ugliest fish ever. I mean, it is really like super ugly. I, I read that wrong. I thought it said sauteed monkeys. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you don't get to pronounce it free. Like Indiana wow. Jones. <laughs> wow. That's awesome. You're saying a monkfish is so ugly it wouldn't have to take a vow of chastity? No, I think that it would work well because it is a fairly fatty, oily kind of fish. And... They're the dry characteristic, I think, of this beer would actually work quite well. Oh, yeah. You wouldn't want the Flemish-style mussels with Fritz? I think that that would fight with this beer, uh, personally. I would try it. I know me and Mike were disagreeing yeah. on that earlier, but I would give it a shot. Yeah, I mean, I think it would pair pass pretty up well. the mussels. I mean, I'm never going to pass up mussels and Fritz. Yeah. I just no, no. want to know what a beef carbonade uh, flamenade uh, is. Uh, Excuse I, you? I, yeah, I just, <laughs> just fumbled my way. I just screwed up every culinary moment that I've ever had in my life by trying to uh, mispronounce that. So. Mike's a real gourmet. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I put the big cheese on there. I like hold the can and squeeze the tube like a real pro. <laughs> <laughs> you can do that. Well, get some creamy brulee. Hey, you yeah. know, if you want your wit on the top or on the bottom, you got to get it right. <laughs> so, all right. <clears throat> uh, 
They don't talk that way in Philly, by the way. No, thank God. They would just kick me out, you know, right away if I did that. So next up, we're going to talk about the uh, Flanders Red uh, that they have here. Here is their description from Frem <laughs> Kendall. Uh, their Flanders Red is a tribute to the Burgundies of Belgium, the Red Ales that once captivated the country. Each glass, I, I can almost see the French sitting there going, we are captivated. So uh, each glass is rich with notes of cherry, hints of passion fruit, and a Pinot-like flavor that comes from the 18 months it's spent in an oak barrel. Take one sip, savor the tart finish, and you'll understand how one beer could charm a country. The ABV on this is 7%. The IBU is 10. What do you guys think about the Flanders Red from Frem? I could see the French and Belgians uh, going to war over this beer, as yep. in it was a little bit of a letdown to me. It is not very good. Let's send us to Germany. It's, yeah. I mean, when I think of a Flanders Red, I think of a, pardon the French, but like a balls out, mm -hmm. you know, tartness. And this just Hold wasn't on. there. No. Yeah, this there was. That's all I'm gonna say is no. To me, my least favorite of the flight. Uh, not that you get it in all Flanders res, but you often get that hint of uh, of vinegar. Yeah, like acid. balsamic vinegar. I mean, Duchess yeah. is uh, is probably the best example of yeah. that. Of just so much acetic acid, it it about strips the enamel off your teeth. I think maybe they just they let let their foot off the gas on this one. They're just like, no, we're not gonna we're not gonna strip the inside out of anybody's mouth it's, on this. Yeah, you know, we're just gonna. It's really it? subdued. Yeah. Well, the one thing that we all agreed is that if this was on a, you know, a beer judging, you know, sheet, it is so out of style. And I think the suggestion I would have would be don't call this a Flanders red because it's not. Right. And just judge it, you know, for what's in the glass itself. And when you look at it from that side of the coin, you really see the the wine really taking mm -hmm. over this beer. Yeah. This is more of just a well aged red ale that they dropped in a wine barrel. That's really probably the best way I would describe this. Yep. That's a good way of looking at it. Yeah. Although to me, it's even lighter than the Flanders Blonde, you know, in terms of tartness. It is yeah. that same champagne yeast, you know, kind of quality about yeah. it. Um, that's the one thing. So I use, I think they used a, a common, uh, you know, blueprint of both yeast and bugs, you know, across this. Um, uh, the, uh, yeah, I totally love the blonde over this. I think it's just an example of naming a beer and setting yourself up for failure because you're putting something in the drinker's mind that you're not going to be able to live up to. Yeah, there's a lot of so many classic examples of the style that I mean, you get a hint of vinegar, you just get a hint of everything that you should be getting overwhelmed with almost. Yeah, it's almost like we want to send them a bottle of Duchess, you know, as a a public uh, service and going that's a flanders red stop calling this a flanders red call it something uh, closer to what it is this is a ned flanders red <laughs> <laughs> not bad um yeah you know uh, uh even the way you guys were describing this it's a knockdown beer you know and i thought it was kind of thin uh all the way around it just it was kind yeah. of there and off the palate and gone. And, you know, I, I was just like, wow, was there something in my mouth, you know, that yeah, I just tasted? So I was excited when I saw it on the flight. And then because I, I love the style, but yeah, it's just, it's. You should never be able to, to describe a Flanders Red as an easy sipper. 
Yeah, that's right. for sure. No. Yeah, I'd say if you're reaching for this, you need to reach past this and grab the bottle of Duchess and come back and visit this when somebody is saying, I really don't like all the acid and, you know, Flanders Red. Boom. There you go. Buy this instead, you know. Um, yeah. Would, you know. It's another one that, like, for people who like wine would like this beer. I mean, yeah. it's not a bad beer at all. No, it's it is. Just, no. Right. All right. Our uh, SEDS rating for the Flanders Red is going to be a two. So with the food choices that they listed here, which one would you pick for this one? Mm, the king salmon, I think, would go well. Mm, sure. Yeah, I thought that would be a good choice. I'll take the duck. <laughs> so I can't imagine having... They have uh, rich pork dishes, boar. I don't know, boar uh, with I, this? I think mm. that that would overpower this beer. I think it would yeah. be too gamey, and I think it would just crush this beer. Duck? Eh, maybe, you know. Um, but they have, also have listed here full-flavored cream sauces and sour cherry sauces sing with the beers of Flanders. They do, but not with this one. <laughs> so They sing like Mike sings. Yeah, that's for sure. Oh, that's Rock a whole different story. Don't me, Don't, eat- <laughs> <laughs> Don't drink this Flanders beer. All right. Wow. Yeah. Spot on. Uh-huh. Cool. Yep. I just heard us lose 10,000 people right there simultaneously <laughs> with that dead note. We're bleeding uh, fans. <laughs> You're still tuned in. We do appreciate it. Yeah. Uh-huh. Turn your hearing aid back up. <laughs> Get out the good walker. <laughs> Wake that guy up from Canada. All right. Next up is going to be the uh, Oud Creek. Uh, and here is their description. Frem's Oud Creek is made by adding lush, juicy cherries grown right up the road. <laughs> That's supposed exact, to down the road. That's how it's written, too. Yeah, it is. Uh, uh. It's <laughs> to our, uh, they add this to their year old lambic ale, and then they let them marry uh, in that barrel, barrel for about 10 months. Judging from the aromas of fruity nuttiness and bright flavors of cherry pie and berries with a dry, tangy finish, they're a perfect match. The ABV on this is 5.6%. Uh, six IBUs. What do you guys think of the Oud Creek? From, well, I'm, from? I'm glad they let the fruit and the beer marry in the barrel. Because if they were just living together, I don't think you would get the commitment. You know, it's not the same. It would taste dirty. It would. Sinful. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe like some people want a little sin in their creek, though, you uh, know? Well, we'll talk mm. later. <laughs> <laughs> What's the safety word of the day? <laughs> Pineapple. <laughs> you, me, and Mr. Rodenbach. <laughs> I I love this beer. Um, totally different than what I would think of most uh, Belgian creeks. And I, this is a, an American creek. And the big difference to me is the cherries. The yeah. cherries in yes. this one are juicier. They're tartar. They're much different than the cherries you're, you're getting out of Europe. It's a completely different flavor. Not yeah. Balaton. But I loved I loved it because it added a tartness to it. And I think, you know, maybe the bugs are contributing that too, but I think the cherries contributed some of the tartness. But it's it's a sweet in the middle. It kind of gets dry and tart in the end. I thought it was well balanced, almost like a delicious, perfect adult sweet tart. It's weird like having this one right after the Flanders Red, because there's this one has so much more going on in the flavor. Yeah. Yeah. It's so yeah. clean. You know, it's very Clean and bright, kind of like I thought the blonde was, and the the red was more muddled. Mm-hmm. 
Um, <clears throat> I actually didn't read this description uh, while I was writing on my tasting notes, and I actually wrote down cherry pop tart. I thought it was just a oh, yeah. dead on right for that. Uh, I, love the, I love the aroma on this thing, though. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. Uh, if I had to pick the my favorite thing about this beer, it's definitely the way it smells because. Um, I think it's very bright. I really love, you know, the cherries smacking you right, you know, in the nose. It's definitely here to tell you, you know, the cherries should be dominating, you know, this beer. And it does, you know, in and, a good way. Right. I mean, that's the way it should be when you think of a creek. I, I like this Americanized version of it. You know, it's not as balsamic as its European counterparts, but I really, I, I dig it. And there's a hint of um, biscuitiness in there, too, which really balances it out. Yeah. yeah and I think that's the reason why I picked, a, you know, a pastry or that tart quality mm -hmm. because there's, something there that you know is kind of tempering you know the same way that you would have you know bread against a tart mm. <clears throat> yum cherry jam on a biscuit i actually want to pair uh, this now with a cherry pop tart and see how that works yeah, yeah something nice well and sweet. you know the thing i wrote down is that was, in the food pairings uh, on the thing no we'll get to that in a minute no. um well i actually wrote down that i when Kendall and I were sitting, you know, next to each other and we were going through the tastings and I thought this lacked depth. And that was the reason why I felt like, you know, he was describing it a lot better because when you think of uh, creeks, you know, especially Belgian creeks, they're very complex. Like mm -hmm. you're tasting a a twenty layer, you know, cherry yep. pie. This is like a two layer, yep. you know, cherry pie. It's yeah, very, you know, very flat. Fresh in my head, I had several uh, taste of Boone Creek Friday nights. Oh, um, so two days ago. Go ahead, uh, so rub that's, it in, man. That's yeah. still it's still in my memory Thanks bank. For that jerk. Yeah. So this is completely different, but it's also yeah. wonderful. Mm. It's got royal and cherries. I don't even know what that is, but. I just want to say it. That's fancy. It's it a variety of cherry that's actually indicative of the Washington uh, State and Hood River. Or I'm sorry, the uh, Columbia Valley mm. itself. So, yeah, that's a you know that's a big fruit, you know, uh, part of the you know uh, of crops. So there was a lot of apples oh and apricots, and um, you know um, there are cherries, you know, that uh, grow through the area. Um, I think some of the other uh, there's some grapes, yeah, definitely grapes. And what's really interesting is a lot of the barrels that they're choosing here, and more importantly, the wine variety of the are things that are indicative, you know, through the Willamette Valley itself, because that is the Pinot country, you know, uh, in the U.S. Hmm. So <clears throat> I think the choice of barrels that they're making here are really heavily influenced by a lot of the wine industry that you're seeing, you know, through uh, the Oregon area as well. So yeah, absolutely. And I actually think they're doing a great job. I can see that a lot of their palates have been influenced by a lot of the influence of the wine industry, you know, in the area and some of the choices that they're making. And, and I'm sure probably the barrel broker that they're using, it's like, well, I can give you this barrel from down the road. That's 50 bucks. Or I can haul this one up from Russian River in California that cost you 150. Which one do you want? You know, so I'm sure that that's kind of playing into mm -hmm. some of the choices as well. I don't know that that's a bad choice, you know, because it is really great wine, you know, through the area. So, well, our suds rating for the Oud Creek from Frem is going to be a four. <laughs> All right, some of the some of the food choices here. Wow, these get really wild. <laughs> Yeah. So uh, I like the. Uh, I'm going sweet with this beer. Yeah, me too. Like either the the dark chocolate, Some maybe the cheesecake. Yeah. yeah, 
Absolutely. So this would be a good beer for a chocolate ice cream beer float. Oh, wow. Yeah. Hmm. It just may have just blown my mind a little bit. So uh, interesting how they chose a lot of chocolate, milk chocolate, dark chocolate, chocolate baked. I can see it working with uh, Grenache, a chocolate Grenache. Yeah. Totally. I think the goat cheese, too. I can almost hear Teddy Pendergrass. <laughs> Bring it all. Bring that creek. Bring the Grenache. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Every time I do that, she she has this very disturbing look, you know, always about her. So, yeah. Well, she's a big Teddy Pendergrass fan, so. Oh, okay. Sure. Yes. Yeah, we all remember that episode a little too, a little too well. Yeah, things got a little weird. Uh, <laughs> Just a little. Some of the cheese choices here, though, I think are rather interesting. So they have mascarpone, uh, telemi, um, uh I don't know what that is. Uh, stra- Stracchino. Stracchino, that's new. Stracchino. Um, and fresh goat cheese. Definitely the land of goat cheese, uh, right through mm. Tillamook, um, for sure. And I can see that that would work really well with this. Goat cheese, sure. goat yoga, no yeah, got it all. But they yeah. listed Mexican mole. Oh, there's no way. Um, I, I, I could, could see that. I see no, it. I could see that because not all moles are like super savory. There are mm. some that have like Mexican chocolate. Uh, mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. With a little bit of this, yeah. I think would be really Absolutely. rad. Yeah, know. I'm with Mike. I think it's a little too complex and too uh, you know overwhelming. What? Wow, you just stay over there. Yeah, I think the mole <laughs> would crush this beer. That's what I think. A really good mole would a good crush mole. this beer. They must not have. I don't know if they have great mole in Hood River. I'm thinking it's out of a can, which is yeah. you know a bad choice in and of itself. Maybe they meant Mexican mole, mole sauce. Mm. They probably have a lot more moles in Oregon <laughs> than <laughs> Mexicans. Put a put a mole in a stew pot and. Yeah, I mean, it's Oregon. You really yeah. have to live off the land there. They That's killed true. all the beavers. They're gone, took all their pelts. And so now they only have moles left. Dang, mm. Wow. Okay. There's we'll, that. we'll move on. Well, <laughs> Kendall and I really enjoyed, just you know, bring it down. kind of chatting, you know, about the this area of Oregon is absolutely dead gorgeous. I mean, gorgeous. I love the Hood River. I've fly fished on there. Uh, it's right next to Waterfall Alley. I mean, it's really pretty. Yeah, my, my wife and I had a trip out there uh, for our 20th anniversary. We actually did a 10-day beer tour of Oregon. And our nice. last night, we spent we did a giant circle of the state. We spent in Hood River. So we went to the Frame Brewery, had some delicious beers, and then walked across the street to the Columbia River right there, took our shoes off, and waded down in it. The sun was setting. The mountains are there around you. You're in the gorge. Mount Hood's in the background. Just one of the most beautiful places on earth. It really is. Uh, A lot of people ask me, you know, one of my favorite places in the U.S., and I absolutely say driving down that road right beside the Hood River and staring right Mm -hmm. into, you know, Washington and the Pontiac Dam is just, you know, right next to where all this is. And it's just, it is really, really pretty. Yeah, the the drive from Portland to Hood River is gorgeous, and you keep going past Hood River up through the valley. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. And we'll be right back right after this break. Hey, welcome back to Sip, Suds, and Smokes. On today's Suds episode, we are going through a flight of beers from Frem. 
Kendall. <laughs> oh my! Yeah, yeah, I love frames beer. Let's yeah. be friends. No, uh, look, if you're keeping count, I have pronounced friends? it correctly seventeen times. Kendall has mispronounced it eight. Okay, so <laughs> if the brewery is listening, please leave a comment as to the phonetic pronunciation. Yes, phonetic spelling. Actually, your, please send us wrap the correct your pronunciation around a case yeah. of these beers and yeah. send it to us. Right? Yeah, not yeah, the so. Send us a YouTube video wow. along with a case of uh, your next release. So, Don't they have a really good Pilsner? They have a fantastic Pilsner. Yeah. One of my favorites. Hmm. Uh, well, we have a couple more beers in the flight to go through, and uh, we definitely want to get to this next beer uh, for sure. I can definitely see hanging out in this spot that Kendall and I were talking about with this next beer, enjoying it. It is the Rum Barrel H Porter. Oh. It could be a beaker full of death. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to be on the beach with this. I want to be. Uh, yeah, I want to be in some place really uh, very picturesque enjoying this. Here's the description from Frame. <laughs> See, I can bounce both ways. Uh, we age our Imperial Porter uh, for a year in barrels, kissed by the Caribbean. Uh, giving from rum barrel aged porter notes of chocolate truffles, ripe cherries, and vanilla beans. Drink in this captivating brew and taste the luscious decadence. The ABV on the Rum Barrel Age Porter is 9.5. It is 45 IBUs. What do you guys think of the Rum Barrel Age Porter here from Frem? Mm. Well made. Perfection. I think that it's might really, be the entire tasting yeah. note. Is, mm. yeah. yeah, it is rich. It is decadent. It's nice and chocolatey. Great uh, rum notes. I, I love this beer. I still do as I'm drinking it now. Yeah, super balanced, super smooth. It just, the way it lingers on the tongue is gorgeous, and it gets even better as it's been warming up. Yes, it warms up. You definitely get more of the barrel character. Um, a lot it of is vanilla. It is smooth. Yeah, lots vanilla. of vanilla, lots of chocolate. Um, I get just the hint of the alcohol, but there's no heat to this. It's like you know it's there. It's pushing 10%, but it's smooth. Yeah, exactly. It's so yeah, subtle very yeah, slight. in that regard. And uh, a nice body to go with it. Very like any, round. And a good Caribbean beach body. Uh, so the Thick base in the beer, middle, like me. <laughs> the, the thing is, is that the base porter is really good. I mean, you can get all of that. I call it a roly toly, you know, roly uh, tootsie, tootsie roll. You know, <laughs> oh boy. Holy totally here toodle play, play that go past this part river. oh i'm just gonna do that because <laughs> okay all right it's a it's a tootsie roll and it has a lot of that you know very classic you know great taste profile of a porter this is one of those times where the barrel is elevated mm -hmm. the beer uh completely Absol i really absolutely. think it's taken up things uh a really great notch and i think it was a i don't know whose rum barrel that they chose but Really great choice, um, all the way around. Sailor Jerry, yeah. I mean, I'd love no, to try this beer would without be a the lot, barrel. No, that would be a there would definitely be a lot more spice around of a Sailor Jerry. You know what I really enjoy about this is the fact that they did use a porter and they didn't use a stout. So many breweries want to go, yep, you know, huge to begin with, and then you take something as big as a rum barrel and it kind of almost ruins it, you know, because it's overdone. This using this porter and this. It tastes like it was a lighter end of the porter spectrum. And then having that rum barrel just was, I mean, such a great marriage, you know? This is a barrel choice that we don't see brewers uh, use, you know, as often as they really should. They no. end up picking a, 
you know, a bourbon barrel. Mm-hmm. And well, I think mm-hmm. it just crushes all the sugars and, you know, most of the porters. And I think the rum actually enhances the roast in this was very predominant. It it had yeah. a it had a very strong bitter, you know, backbone to it. And I I think what I like is is that I think the rum uh, barrel itself kind of brought enough sweetness around and really great harmony here. So yeah, it's just a great barrel choice, really great base beer. Whole thing works, you know, all the way around. Yeah, well, I this, think. Uh, oh, go ahead. I was going to say this was my favorite of the flight. It's <laughs> complex but gorgeous. Um, everything you just said, it all works. Yeah, I think people default to bourbon barrels though, just because they're so much easier to get. You know, I don't know why. Well, I think it might be an easier flavor profile too, because bourbon barrels are more consistent. I think with a rum barrel, you have a little bit more wiggle room, you know, one way or another. And I, I don't think the provenance of rum barrels is probably as well maintained, and they're Maybe. probably not as um, they're not widely represented by a lot of uh, barrel wranglers or representatives as yeah. much as as uh, bourbon barrels. I think that's probably the bigger deal. So, well, um, I think there's only one problem with this beer. The thing is, is one, we're out of it. Mm-hmm. And two, it's not sold in a two-gallon jug. Yeah, that 500-milliliter <laughs> bottle is just too small. It is way too small frim, for this beer. Frim, 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 frim. Our suds rating for the rum barrel age porter from Frem is a, th- uh, a five. Wow. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry about that. Okay, they're very close to each other. Well, not even close. Uh, really great. So, of these food pairings, what what would you come around here? I love the prosciutto. I love something salty with this. Really, the ham. I think would would or the prosciutto or no. they have pancetta and bacon. I thought all those something really salty. I think would knock down all the sugars in this. I want a I want a big slice of um, German chocolate cake. Really, yeah. right alongside this. Yep. Double wow. down. I'm doubling down on the chocolate. About the beef stew. Yeah, that's where I think where yeah, I was going. I think that would be great. Yeah. Really, really contrast that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, if I'm drinking a rum barrel aged anything, it's going to be more toward the end of the night when you're having the dessert. If I have it with the beef stew, you're just not going to make it through the whole night. It's Bananas too much. Foster. Huh. Interesting. Hmm. Interesting choice, Dave. Oh, I said the beef stew. Oh, the beef stew. Yeah. Well, well, I think all of those would work really well. Even the short ribs. Yeah, I could do the oh, short ribs. Oh, dude. Because yeah. both I a little think beer the to salty make it. quality within the beef stew or the short ribs, again, I to me, I think that's the thing you're chasing is pairing with this would be whatever salty characteristic. Even Bananas Foster's, you know, they, that is a salty quality to it as well. So yeah. Use this to make some chili. I was going to say, if you had enough oh, of this beer yeah. to actually spare to not drink, yeah. Using it to maybe, I think uh, I would just drink sauce the, beer the short ribs, the chili, yeah, really. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for sure. Just to have the beer for dinner, yeah, yeah. yeah skip, you'll skip dinner. You won't care. I'm gonna pair this beer with another bottle of this beer. <laughs> That's the best pairing of all. I'm thinking we should have a moment of dramatic pause as transition, you know, because this beer was so good. Wow, uh, I miss the fact that I'm staring at the uh, my empty cup. And uh, we have one more beer to talk about as well, which is the Sherry Barrel Aged Triple from Frem. Here is their description. The Frem Sherry Barrel Aged Triple blends fruity flavors of peach tea, strawberries, and honey with a smooth creme brulee finish and a kiss of tannin. 
Elegant and strong, yet round and smooth. It's a real treat. The ABV on this is 9.5%. IBUs are 38. What do you guys think of the Sherry Barrel Age Triple? Well, when you said elegant and strong and round and smooth, I thought you were talking about me for a second. Because <laughs> round, yes, round is is a uh, is a shape for you, Dave. <laughs> and I am smooth. <laughs> uh, how, how many of us vote for? Uh, do do not hit. Don't the, come at me! Don't come at me! <laughs> I think you need to hit the buzzer on that there, Dave. So yeah. oh, this one? No, yeah, definitely not. I was correct. <laughs> smooth as crunchy peanut butter. How come Juliana is, is shaking her head? No, he, no. Uh-uh. She's so proud. Yeah. What's today's safety word again? Pineapple. Sarsaparilla. Well, it's really interesting they chose this barrel. I don't know I a know. lot of sherry finished uh, beers, you know? I think this is another one where I think the base beer would have been great. I don't think I've had their triple, but. I think it really, uh, the barrel really brings out some unique characters in this beer. Hmm. I love, the, the hmm. thing that stood out most to me was I just got a lot of honey. It definitely has a lot of honey sweetness right there in the middle before it dries out. And I'm definitely getting a lot of peach tea. Like when I saw that in the description, I'm like, really? They're saying this about, but I get it. I totally get it. Hmm. It's really good. It's like a grandma's peach tea and biscuit kind of thing going on. Yeah, I, I actually wrote down, <clears throat> again, I didn't read these descriptions as I was tasting it. Complex was the first thing I wrote down. Um, kind of sweet. has a lot of characteristics of Amarone uh, wine. So it has uh, a very uh, deep raisin um, you know, kind of character to it and some fig-like quality uh, I thought was here. Allspice was the thing I, I was picking out. Hmm. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't love this beer. I thought it was, it, the nose was very sweet. I didn't think it was as sweet, although it, it did, did get sweeter when it warmed up. Um, it seemed kind of light as a triple, like if I were to imagine what the beer is before it went into the barrel. And I don't, uh, the last couple sips I had, I don't know, it was just nothing that I really fell in love with. I think this is one of those uh, times, again, where in this case, I, I agree with part of what Tim was alluding to is that the base beer was kind of average at best. And I think the sherry actually elevated, you know, the base beer here quite a bit. In fact, I want to say this is all about the barrel, you know, with this, with this particular, I beer. could get behind that statement. Yeah. yeah I can see agree. that. Yeah. And a very uh, interesting choice. So uh, Juliana and I, you know, we taste, you know, sherry finish, you know, scotch and other, you know, uh, whiskeys all day long. And so we're really used to, you know, those type of finished products all day long. But I don't know. Do you like this with beer? <laughs> That's an icky face. I'm not. I get it, but I'm not sure that it works in the in the way that I like it with whiskey. Yeah. Does that make sense? Well, so there are two things that you can think of. So hops are used as camouflage in brewing. Sure. And sherry is used as camouflage, you know, with scotch. I mean, they made sherry finish scotches in order to sell it to the Asian market because the harsh characteristics of peat was something they needed to knock down and they needed something that was sweet in order to compete with exactly all of the peat smoke. And so that's the reason why a lot of the sherry uh, finished products even came around. And hmm. so 
I don't really find that working well here, at least for that purpose. Well, because the triple is already sweet. Yeah. I mean, it's candy sugar sweet, but it's still kind of sweet. I still love the complexity of this uh, brought around. No, it is. I I mean, it's different. You know, it's thinking outside the box. Or a wit, you know, for all that matter. I don't think the, to Tim's point, I don't think the triple really was like, wow, that was a fantastic choice. So. But for what it is, I mean, it's a good beer. Yeah, just on its own, I I really enjoyed it. Um, I'm thinking, I forget why we even scored it, but uh, it seems like you guys have, maybe as it's warmed up, your opinions on it have changed a bit. No, uh, not at all. I, I'm I'm still right where I was <laughs> in terms of, you know, where we rated this. Our rating for the Sherry Barrel Age Triple from Frem is going to be a four. Now the question is: Would you pair this with Succotash? <laughs> no, we know it might not. Was that on the list? Really? Yeah, Ratatouille. Yeah. And oh yeah, Succotash. I see that Ratatouille and Succotash. Right that's there. The, actually the two that uh, I picked. Negative. For this beer. No way. The grilled Chinook. Yeah, that's where Mike is. That's exactly where we need to come around. And I wouldn't serve this with grilled Chinook. I would do it with smoked Chinook. <laughs> oh well. Yeah, that that big difference. Mike's been smoking Chinook I out behind do, the house. <laughs> I would pick something that would Put be on that so I love the cheese choices here. I love the uh, um, the uh, Pierre Robert uh, that's here. Uh, that those big creamy French, you know, style cheeses. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. I think would mm. and, yeah that would do really well. You know, uh, standing up against this. Um, I, I'm not. Uh, when they're choosing some of the sweeter things here, like the apricots or the candied almonds, negative. Uh-uh. I don't think so. I can see the margarita pizza working. Yeah, and we actually, I, I said uh, I could go for like a big bowl of pasta or some really competing basil tomato sauce, you know. Yeah, yeah creamy, on this. creamy or, tomato sauce. Yeah, or like a balsamic vinegar roasted um, apricot. I could see that happening. But just because that sounds incredible. I could see that happening with anything. I think I'd like to just have that all by itself, not with the beer. <laughs> Honey, go buy some apricots. Okay. <laughs> What's for lunch? It's uh, you know that's one of the things I I have enjoyed about you know these notes today is that they really have put you know a little bit of thought into a lot of the pairing that they're doing with these beers, and I can see that playing very well for um, for. Uh, restaurants and bars that are really trying to you know figure out i mean absolutely that you know flanders blonde it's like you know you need to buy that thing by the case and you know every every gal that comes up and she's like you know do you have anything a little bit better than a sauvignon blanc wine boom there you go you know yes i'm going to transition you to beer taste this you know well we already talked about that you know, their like proclivity for wine in their barrel selections and in like their balance of all their beers. So just like wine, you know, they have tasting notes and pairing notes. And I agree. I think it's something I'd like to see a little bit more of from a lot of breweries. Well, and Absolutely. at least with the measure of thought around it that I think that they've, they've put into it here as well. So. Yeah. You, you care about flavor and like that's at the end of the day, that's what you want from beers. I'm sorry. I have flavor. Like a different thing playing through my head. Yep. This goes with chicken wings. <laughs> You need to get the 12, not the 20, the 12 wings. Well, it's almost like, you know, our triple dry hopped IPA pairs with this versus our double dry hopped IPA (laughs) pairs with this. And our lactose IPA pairs. How many wings would you pair with your beer, (laughs) Tim? 
I just want the Did girls you go for to drums make... or flats. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a thigh guy. <laughs> but I think for the average Joe who looks at these beers, they may be a little intimidated by them, you know, because it's uh, yeah, not yeah, your average 100%. beer. So having these food options, if you will, um, granted, they're a little bougie, but still also in true. the great, you know, but in the scheme of things, gives you an idea of what to pick yes, with. Tonight I'll have the monkfish with the. Uh, I think I have the Flanders red beer. You smoked the Chinook last time. I did yes, not care I, for it. You did not really care for it with too much garlic. Well, there you go. You pissed away another hour with us. That's for sure. <laughs> so that's gonna. We're gonna wrap things up for today's Seds episode. Listen, you found us today. We'll be right back wherever you found us again next week. Uh, we're all over the place. We're on radio, satellite, online, on iTunes, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and nearly any place you can listen to a podcast. The easiest way to find us is on your phone. Ask any of those freaky people, Alexa, Siri, Uncle Fred, Google, Play Podcast, Sip Suds and Smokes. We love your feedback, and it's good. Send us any information at, reach us online at info at sipsudsandsmokes.com. Our daily tasting notes flow out on Twitter and Instagram every day at Sip Sud Smokes, and our Facebook page is always buzzing with lots of news. And if you had the time to listen to this whole show, you clearly have the time to leave us a review. So please do that if you're listening online. Five stars. I want to thank our uh, co-hosts for being here, everyone except Dave. <laughs> he just always shows up. No thanks necessary. Yeah, I live on this bench. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for being here, good boy, Tim. Yeah, thanks a lot. Well, I think, Dave, the ankle monitor won't let you leave. So, shh, shh. Kendall, we hope to recover uh, some of the people for your blog, so we might as well tell them about it. Yeah, my wife and I blog about the good news of good beer at beermakes3.com. We're also on Instagram. Good old gal, Juliana. Aw, you said my name in such a cool way. Yes, I'm getting there, slowly but surely. Keep on juggling, folks. See you next time. Hey, this is Good Old Boy Mike. Thank you for joining us today. Come back, join us once again for another exciting episode of Sip, Suds, and Smokes. I will ask you to keep on sipping. This has been a one-tan-hand production of Sip, Suds, and Smokes, a program devoted to the appreciation of some of the finer slices of life. From the dude in the basement studios, your host, the good old boys, will see you all next time.